Hello, I'm Jason Sroden from the Orthodontic and Dentistry Digital Marketing Agency, Brain Bites Creative, and welcome to the Get It Straight podcast, where we examine the hottest topics in orthodontics and dentistry. I am joined by my co-host, Judd John, CEO of the On Demand Orthodontist. Judd, how are you today? Very good, Jay. Thank you. On today's show, we are talking about a common theme in the world of dentistry, the long, laborious procedures and their effect on the clinician's mind and body, along with the ways to combat consistent stress. Today, we are joined by Dr. Desiree Walker, a practicing dentist in Lumberton, North Carolina, who also just happens to be a three-time contestant on the NBC television show American Ninja Warrior, That's super cool. You can go to her website at lumbertondental.com. She is a UNC Chapel Hill School of Dentistry graduate, a fellow of the International College of Dentists, and a member of the ADA, AGD, American Academy of Clear Aligners, and the American Academy of Facial Aesthetics. Dr. Walker is a board of trustee to the North Carolina Dental Society and a past president of her district. Dr. Walker is licensed to practice dentistry in the states of North Carolina, Colorado, Arizona, 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 <laughs> Utah, and Nevada. She has been published in Dental Economics, Incisal Edge, and presented at dental meetings across the country. She currently sits on the scientific editorial board with Dental Economics. In addition to Dr. Walker's American Ninja Warrior achievements, she's also a two-time national fitness champion, pro fitness competitor, and an adult gymnastics competitor. Who are you? She has been nationally ranked as an amateur triathlete competitor, as a Boston Marathon finisher, a CrossFit champion. Most recently, she has set five NC powerlifting records and hopes to continue with the national and possible world records set in the sport. Oh my gosh, how are you? Do you have time to do anything? I'm not even finished yet. She has creatively integrated her love of fitness into dentistry by transforming her private office into a ninja training suite equipped with rings from the ceiling, as you can see behind her right now, which she's going to show off later. Um, uh, Bars on the wall and a balancing slack line outside of her dental practice and ninja training. She and her husband, Ash, are new parents to Porter, a two-year-old Labradoodle and therapy dog in training for Lumber River Dental. She is passionate about helping others integrate movement and fun into their dental workday. She can be contacted at drwalker at lumbertondental.com and found on Instagram at ninjadentist underscore Desi. That's D-E-S-I. Desiree, holy cow. Who are you? Where did you come from? What planet? <laughs> I know I'm a weirdo. Oh, what a weird one. That, I mean, wow, what a book of accomplishments. I mean, I mean, can we just start at like where did this all begin? Have you just always been just a really driven person? Well, I think it started when I was three and my parents had to get me down from trees, I would climb. So I never could stay still. And as soon as I was old enough, I started gymnastics. And then from there, just kind of escalated from there. (laughs) How how is your body held up? I mean, gymnastics is one of the most hard things to do. And you're doing it as an adult. What do you do to maintain such, you know, good health? 
Well, I don't, I don't really compete in gymnastics anymore. When I was 30, I decided I was coaching gymnastics after work some. And I was, just, I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is so fun. I really want to get back into competing again. So I was friends. I was friends with a coach. We grew up doing gymnastics together. I was like, Keenan. I was like, what do you think the judges would say if I uh, just signed up for a meet, started working out? So I did a season just to go back and do it. I don't think I could really have done it long term, but it, it was fun. I, my goal was to qualify for the state competition, and I did, and I competed at the state meet. So I, I was happy, and I had a good time with the girls. How how did you find time? I mean, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, American Ninja Warrior is like the craziest, silliest, wackiest, hardest obstacle course in the world. And to even be able to get on the show, I, I imagine it's quite a grueling process. How did you find the time to train? And then how did you, how did you, I mean, excel so, so much? Tell, tell us about the journey. Well, a lot of these sporting events happen over a very long span of time and with the ninja warrior honestly that was probably one of the most unexpected and i think a lot of it was really luck because yeah it is a sporting event but it's also a show and to get on the show it's not like you have to win an obstacle course competition i mean you could honestly get on the show and have never done an obstacle course competition really so, <laughs> so really, you, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like i'm i'm applying <laughs> I'll, I'll pay them to put you on <laughs> so it is mainly an audition so you do an audition video and you do an application and the producers go through thousands and then from there that they choose who they want on the show. So I, I just kind of got lucky. I lucked out. I guess they thought somebody that had a, a rope in their rings in their living room and in their dental practice was, was kind of a, a weird bird and, and may do quite well at an obstacle course. And we're going to put Desiree's uh, audition video. It's on YouTube. We'll have it up on the blog that accompanies this podcast because it is so impressive um, so you mentioned before we were getting going that you, you got some bad news. Is it, is it in relation to sports that's going to stop you from competing? Oh, I hate to even, oh dear Lord. Yeah, they, that was pretty much a, a huge shock. Um, so right now, I guess, as you were reading in my bio that I, I'm, the sport I'm experimenting now is powerlifting. Got off to a really great start last year and this year, I planned on do, doing the national competition and ho hopefully where I could make some records if that was in the cards. And back in October, I didn't have any, I had no injuries whatsoever. And back in October, I woke up, and I was sitting down at the breakfast table and I noticed that my thumb and my forefinger were numb. I was like, that's kind of odd. You know, I didn't really think much of it. But then it started occurring more throughout the day. I noticed my neck was a little tight. And immediately I have my physical therapist on speed dial. I was like, Elisa, you're going to have to come do something. My thumb and my first finger are numb and it's kind of <laughs> can put my job at risk if I can't hold my instruments correctly, especially with chair side and restorative dentistry doing that, you know, really heavy four days a week. So I started on a really intense physical therapy program with a lot, a lot more stretches than I normally do because that's one reason I have the ninja training room 
in my office is so I can incorporate a lot of mobility throughout the day, not just like trying to get stronger, I'm really trying to stretch. And so my body can withstand it for the dentistry. So I started really heavy on a lot of neck stretches and exercises for that. A lot of dry needling, which I have to say, anybody that's having any type of back issue, back pain, back spasm, um, muscle tightness, I highly recommend dry needling. It has saved me so much. Is that acupuncture? It is similar to acupuncture, but they use a needle that is bigger it's a larger diameter and, and a longer, and they go into the muscle, deep into the muscle, the one, the muscle that's causing the problem. Now, a lot of times they can get it to relax. And mm-hmm. that, I found that to be one of, besides the stretching and mobility exercises, like one of the best godsends there is. That's so, awesome, actually. Yeah, it is. It is really awesome. And you get that, that long needle in that muscle and it, the needle starts like quivering and twitching because the muscle is so like intense, tight and yeah, it is. It hurts, <laughs> but it is something that will relieve so much pain. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, um, so anyway, I wasn't getting much relief with that. I started going to the chiropractor. wasn't getting any. I still was still having this weird, and and the numbness would start in my deltoid, and then travel down to my bicep, and then down to my fingers. And I noticed a little bit of weakness, not really in my powerlifting, but some of my gymnastic gymnastic skills where I have to balance, like handstands and things like that and um my physical therapist was like Desiree you're, you're just gonna have to get a MRI I was like okay sure sure I'll, I'll get an MRI and I I tell you what <laughs> if y'all want to know something funny about me you know I can do all this climbing heights all day long but put me in a tight space mm-hmm. I can handle it cannot handle it so i went for my mri and honestly i guess i'm just um oblivious to this but you do you guys have y'all ever done an mri before oh yeah yeah you were put in this tiny tube like tiny and and they put this thing around my head they put me down and like strapped me down on this um uh like bed and they were going to put, feed me through this tiny tube. And I found out very quickly that I was claustrophobic. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to abort the first MRI. Oh, man. <laughs> did like, you wear the headphones? Sometimes that helps. I didn't get that far. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, the, the tech was like, well, I guess you're going to have to ask your doctor for some, some anti-anxiety medicine. I was like... Mm-hmm. Damn it. No, I am not. I'm going to do this damn thing. Mm-hmm. So I said, just give me a couple of weeks. And I will be back. And I went home. And that day when I got home, I got this huge box that came from Amazon. And it was a new bench for my weightlifting outside. I was like, that would be perfect to practice in. So for two whole weeks, like every night, I laid in this box. So I could get used to the close confinement of the MRI. So I went back and I finally got my MRI and got it done. I was like, yes. Um, so I got, I got my MRI done at the end of January. The interpretation of the MRI was from the radiologist was that I had a spinal stenosis. And what that is in, in my cervical spine, in my neck, um, what that is, is when the canal of the spinal cord gets narrowed and 
basically, if, if the canal, the spinal cord gets narrowed, then usually you have something pressing on the spinal cord and it can cause symptoms like numbness and pain. And in my case, it was my arm and my fingers. He didn't say why I was having spinal stenosis. I thought it was just, well, maybe just like getting older or maybe it's congenital. I'm not really sure. It's like a hose so, with a kink. Exactly. I mean, and then when they open it up, it's like the biggest relief ever. So I can't, have you had it yet? Have you gone? Well, I had, well, I had the, the MRI. I got the, the report and said it was stenosis. I did, I decided, I was like, you know, I really want to see this for myself. I got the report. I want to look at it. I uh, took a class or two on YouTube on how to read your cervical MRI, pulled it up on my computer, and I saw stenosis, but I also saw these like pancake things that were bulging out the backside (laughs) of my cervical vertebrae causing the stenosis. I was like, oh, crap. So this is like Um, slip discs in your back? Yeah. So I took the MRI to two doctors to, to read, and not the doctors that I'm going to get treated with. I got two doctors to read it just for confirmation. They're like, yeah, don't, don't listen to those radiologists. They're just going to make sure that you don't have a cancer or a tumor. What you do have is you have one, it was like bulging disc, and one ruptured disc. My C5 is ruptured, and then my C6 is bulging. Um, one doctor said <laughs> it looked like most people would be in the hospital with no use of their right arm. Wow. It's amazing. You don't have pain. And, uh, he said, yeah, he said, you know, you definitely don't want to come. I had a, a, I had a, a, I had a powerlifting competition coming up in three weeks. It's like, yeah, you definitely don't want to be competing in powerlifting or doing powerlifting. Um, you know, cause you could wind up paralyzed. Oh, geez. So, let's avoid where I that. am right now. Well, that's where I am right now. I'm glad that you're like, you don't make your living doing that and you're really good at your other jobs so that you, you know, at least it's not career ending. And it sounds like you're going to be able to do other things too, right? And, and maybe yeah, a procedure right. done and be okay. Oh, yeah. Like Peyton Manning, he had a procedure done and he, he went back and I don't know how many more Super Bowls he won. So, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Right. It's a hiccup. And honestly, I'm still lifting. I'm just not like pushing it. I'm not going to be doing like squatting 300 pounds or, or deadlifting 350 or doing a competition until I get the A-OK. I think she was just flexing on us, Judge. You notice her throwing out the weights? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about me. I was just <laughs> She's like that. I mean, the weights you were saying are massive. That's incredible. How did you make the leap from um, was fitness something that was always part of your life? And then how did you transition to dental? Where did that change? <laughs> well, I've always had some type of athletic sport going on in the background. When right before dental school, I did, I was into endurance races. I did uh, the Boston Marathon, I did the Chicago and Boston Marathon. Running those distances are really hard on your body, really hard on your knees. I ended up having two knee surgeries. So I decided that maybe I should run like for 20 plus miles. And then I decided was, but why not triathlon? So I learned, basically learned how to swim. That was kind of new to me. I got a bike. And did that for a little while. 
and had a few bike accidents. And honestly, I, I do think one of my neck issues is from one of the bike accidents that I had. But I did triathlons right before dental school. And right when I got it, right before I started, like probably the week before I did my last triathlon race and I decided, you know what, I'm going to put up the bike. It's a little too risky going into dentistry when I, my hands are of utmost importance. <laughs> so I put up the bike and just kind of got through my first year of dental school, just trying, just trying to survive. And like, okay, what's next? What's something I could do that's not going to put my hands at risk or my body at risk? Maybe, maybe these fitness competitions. And that's how I kind of transitioned to that. I did fitness competitions while, while I was in dental school. So what made you decide to be a dentist? Was it something you wanted to do since you were younger? <laughs> I actually have a really funny story when I was eight years old. So um, I, for some reason, I know this is really weird, but I know I'm a weird bird anyway, but I really enjoyed helping my friends pull their teeth as a kid. Like I was really good at it. And as soon as my tooth got loose, I was like, mom, tie a string around it and then slam the door because I want it out. And I was just really good at that. And it was one of my gymnastics friends and we were eight years old. And we had a, of course, <laughs> of course, like I do now, I had equipment in my house. I had a chin-up bar in my house. <laughs> and my friend, her, her, my friend's name was Ginger and she had a loose tooth. I said, Ginger, I said, I've got a really good way for us to get this tooth out. And we can do gymnastics while we do it. She was like, okay. I said, let's get a stool. I'll have you like stand on the stool. So your chin is like above the bar. You can hold onto the bar. And as you're holding onto the bar, I'll tie a string, a short string around your tooth to the bar. And then I'll take away the stool. And then when your arms get tired, because the string is so short, you'll just like let go of the bar and the your tooth will come out. <laughs> like okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So I, I swear. So we, we did it. So I um, tied a short little string around her tooth. Cause I was good at this. That's how I took all my teeth down. Short little string around her tooth, around the chin up bar, had her hold on. I took away the stool. She was like, she was good for uh, like 10 seconds. And then she was like, no, 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 put it back, put it back, put it back. And <laughs> before I could get it back <laughs> and it came out, she was not happy for, for a while, but she got old. over it. She got over it. How did, so, and, and at that point you were just like, yeah, this is for me. I was like, this is <laughs> I could do this. I really could do this. I could. So I would so love to see that is like a reenactment of that would be adorable. And oh. I mean, it's so cool. <laughs> I might use that someday in, in one of my things. So yeah. <laughs> I'll contact you, Desiree. Make sure okay, you yeah, I'll contact. Make sure it's like true to life. So, so, you, yeah. so we tell me about your practice now. What do you what are you doing with your practice? What is the most interesting thing that's happening in the dental world for you? Well, my practice, that practice, I built that from the ground up and I wanted a place where I enjoyed going to every day and that my patients enjoyed coming to see me. And I did not want it to look like a dental practice. I didn't want it to feel like a dental practice. And I did not want it to smell like a dental practice. I hate that dental smell. <laughs> when I used to work at an associate, um, which is right down the road, 
I would come home and my husband asked, she's like, you smell like a dentist. You just smell like a dental office. You smell like a dentist. I'm like, I am a dentist. Of course I smell like a dentist. So <laughs> I, <laughs> what, what is that smell? Is that like enamel residue? That, that dental smell? I've always wondered, what, what is that? It's like, it's like the opposite of new car smell. It's a cleaner. It's got to be a cleaner because it's consistent. Maybe. It's got to be something. It can't be the smell of shaved teeth everywhere, right? The aerosols of all everybody's like breath mixing in with the shaved teeth oh and the burning God. of the enamel, <laughs> the burning of skin because we use lasers too. So and you, it could be all the combination. Let me just tell you if we get, uh, if this podcast blows up, Judd, I know where we're putting our money into research. <laughs> we're going to oh, figure yeah. that out. Because yeah. I mean, everybody would tune into that podcast. So, through, through, tell us more about your practice. So, you, so how long has it been there? What was the journey like? Well, when I started, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I was like, I just want a really nice place to practice and work and where everybody is happy and I'm happy every day and life is just full of rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> and I did not know what I was getting into. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't know how difficult it was. I, I'm sure I still would have done it, but probably the anxiety leading up to it would, would have been tough. But um, it's been there for seven years, going on eight, and super excited about that. It's growing. We have uh, five operatories, uh, room for a sixth operatory. And right now, it's just um, me as the main dentist and two hygienists. And anyway, but our but the main like mission for of the practice is to have just an awesome experience. And I want my patients to feel like they're coming in to see family or coming into to this like a mix between a family spa atmosphere where they feel like super comfortable, but it's not so like tight and, and rigid. But it's um we have water oh two water features in the lobby super high vaulted ceilings mm. um that sounds good i have <laughs> this what's air. it smell like it is <laughs> green bamboo it's just, it's oh really oh, that's nice that sounds fresh yeah yeah, yeah very fresh Any fish tanks no fish tanks. No, those water features aren't enough. My poor dad, man, it takes like <laughs> at least a couple hours every week. He helps me with those, but that, they grow algae so hardly. Yeah, that's why I, I started imagine having them. <laughs> but they are imagine. so cool, though. Yeah. A good water feature goes a long way. Who were yeah. your uh, mentors coming up in the space? Do you have anybody who was like, wow, I want to be like that person? Well, the classmates. And he went to dental school later in life, and his wife was already a dentist. And I have to say, and she's actually from the Lumberton area. She now practices in Cary, North Carolina. And she always, like, amazed me. Her name is Dr. Bobby, Bobby Stanley, and she goes on Instagram as the smile diva. And she truly is, like, the smile diva. I mean, <laughs> that woman has got it going on. I was like, she's a strong businesswoman. She's an amazing clinician. She has just got amazing family. And her husband was in my class and he came, he went to become a dentist too and practice with her. That's really So cool. I would have to say that she was my mentor. Like if I could, I want to be just like Bobby when I, when I graduate, I'm going to have my own practice. I'm going to do these procedures and I'm going to do this type of cosmetic work and this, I want my practice to look like this. And 
So she was a true, a true dental inspiration for sure. The whole point we've, we've digressed because you're so fascinating, but the whole point of this podcast was to talk about some of the more laborious procedures that, and we thought you'd be a good person to talk to about it because you know, you're so physically fit and, and a lot of people don't think that dentistry is a physically demanding job. No. Yeah, it really is. And I did not know that going in as a dentist into dental school. <laughs> I'm like, I'm an athlete. This, this can't be that hard. You know, I do triathlons and marathons and done gymnastics. This dentistry thing, you all know, you just sit there and, and use your hands. It, it can't be hard at all. Little did I know, second year dental school, I was in a back brace basically full time. It hit hard. It hit really hard. I even really? thought about dropping out in dental school. It was so bad at times. But um, I got through. I got through dental school, and I got on a, a really good plan of stretching, mobility, um, dry needling, so I was, could keep a lot of the symptoms at bay. But no, it is really. It can be harder on some bodies. On some bodies than other bodies. And I think my body is really susceptible to um, sedentary positions and, and sitting down. So it is rough. Oh, it's, it's, rough. Inter it's interesting because you have, it's like you stand out as far as your fitness level. And, you know, I can't speak to most dentists, but they're not as fit. It's almost like the more fit you are and the more you have to compromise a normal sitting position, the more it could potentially do a number on you. Is that is that weird? It's almost like a reverse mindset. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think there there could be something to that. And maybe it's because too is I'm super in tune with my body, and I know when something's off. I'm like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with my back. I feel a minor tweak with some somebody else. It might not really be. It might not be as noticeable. So, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, too, I have a really bad family history of, of back problems and mm. um, degenerative um, disc disease and scoliosis. And um, my, my poor grandmother, she, she really went through it. So I think I have some genetics I'm playing with too, unfortunately. So what are the, some of the procedures that take the most strain on you and are there ways coming that you think are going to simplify these are there anything that you think are so archaic that you still do and how come nobody solved this problem yet well you know this may surprise you guys but one of the hardest procedures to do is a four surface a three to four surface composite filling on an upper back tooth and the reason that is hard it's because it's free-handed and it has to be so precise. So you have to sculpt the outer surface of the tooth you know, with your hands. Take, for instance, a crown, which is already made by a lab. You have to you know, smooth the tooth down for it to go on, but it's, it's already made for you. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of things you're working against when you're doing these fillings. Fillings are one of the most technically, to do it precisely, one of the most like, technically strenuous activities I think that dentists do. I, I mean, I would hands down say a three surface filling is way harder than an implant because the implant, the work's done on the planning stage. You just I mean, if you screw it in, right? Right, you just, well, you, you plan it up, you know, you have yeah. your surgical guide, you know exactly where it's going to be. 
And if you're, you have everything organized the way it should be, you can get that implant in in less than four minutes. And the most, you know, the most time consuming part of the procedure is getting the patient numb. Mm-hmm. With fillings, it's not the case. You just have to sculpt it by hand. You have to make sure there's no saliva or blood in it. If you do or avoid, then you have to start over. Yeah. So when I see those on the schedule, like back to back, I'm like, oh God, this is going to be a bad back day. <laughs> uh, because on the top, the patient's back like this and you're looking down on the bottom. You can, you can sit the patient up because you want their mandible to be parallel with the floor, with the ground. But on the back, you want their head to be as far back as possible. So you can see as far back as possible. So I would say those are most demanding. It's, and it's really super demanding because there's no way that you can look straight ahead and have amazing posture doing a filling because you have to look down. Yeah, um, there are magnifying loops that help, and there are a couple a new, a new one on the market I really want to try that has like an angled loop, so an angled magnifier, so you can keep your head like almost upright, and it will magnify. Straight oh, that's up. cool. Yeah, we've been talking to you know dentists more regularly, and we're hearing a lot of them say, "Yeah, it's physically demanding." You know, they're looking at other revenue streams. They're adding. Um, services like orthodontics. What do you think about uh, adding a liner therapy, dentists adding a liner therapy to what they're currently offering and what are the challenges with it or the advantages? Well, I love it because it really helps enhance your restorative because if a patient um, wants, like they want crowns in front, like four crowns in front, but then their bite is off. You have to send them to the orthodontist and you have to go through a whole like string of like other specialists before they can actually get to the crowns. With the clear aligners, you're like, look, this is, this is the smile that you envision. And these are the steps that we can do to get you there. Well, we can start out with some clear aligners, align your bite the way it needs to be. Then we can go to the cosmetic restorative, get you these beautiful crowns. In a year and a half, there's your smile. So I love it how you can really integrate it into um, some amazing like cosmetic work w- without having to uh, refer to a specialist or having the patient settle for not exactly what they want or not really um, I- ideally where you know it could be if you could align these teeth. Yeah, it's almost, you know, I was just thinking about the other day, it's almost like when all the whitening places came out and then eventually dentists had them in their own offices. Mm-hmm. Like, so those, those add-ons just help the experience because you don't have to deal with um, multiple doctors and taking different trips. And these days it's about contact too. You know, how many people are you having contact with? So nuts. Um, For for you, what are the things that you're looking forward to for your practice over the next few years as you grow? And what are your plans for growth? Well, I have thought about this um, a whole lot lately because the demographics of, or the, or the dental demographics of my community is, is changing. We have one orthodontist, and he was my orthodontist when growing up. So, and I'm turning 43 next month. So he has been with them for a very long time. Wow, what an opportunity for you. Yeah. Holy cow. He did a good job, though. I mean, that's that's socked in class one. He's I mean, this stable yeah. occlusion. So yeah. He's done some good work. Yeah, well, I actually had, to, he said. I had to go. 
I actually had to go back a few years ago. I treated myself with some Invisalign, a few little oh, drinks. Okay. I didn't wear a little I didn't retreat. Retainer. <laughs> little retainer. <laughs> yeah. Did you retreat yourself? Mm-hmm. Cool. It was great. Yeah. I wish I, I could. Up, I need a tune up. I've been going to all these ortho shows and they keep going, oh, stop in maybe. And it's like, God, I can't even smile around you guys. Everyone gives Jay that awkward look. Oh my God. Judd had braces like two years ago. (laughs) So with, with all of the, the changes in the industry, you know, where do you see, where are you going though? Where are you taking your practice? Well, I love the advancements in aligner therapy. It's come so far since it was first introduced, like in the early 2000s. It's amazing with what the software, the software has improved. The aligners themselves have improved. And now you can do it remotely because there's dental monitoring um, instruments that fit on a phone that you can actually monitor your patients without them having to come into the office. So I'm looking forward to integrating those type, that type of technology where we can treat more patients with this more advanced therapy without them having to take time away from home, from their work or from school yep. um, to come in for, for visits. Makes a lot of sense. And Judd, it's time for your favorite part of the show. It's the Reddit review. Review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc. We got a couple couple questions for you sometimes it's it's dentists or orthodontists sometimes it's patients got two today this one is a dental uh i believe this is a resident um and saying that the mental and physical highs and lows of this profession have worn me down i thought in 2020 i would try to find a way to get out excuse me this is a practicing private practice uh, dentist residency dentistry maybe secure some sort of wfh job took some uh, cs courses and continued learning in my limited free time uh 2021 i kept telling myself i would leave this year now it's 2022 i'm still here doing a full week of dentistry not sure what it is that stops me from leaving a fear of the grass is greener golden handcuffs maybe just inertia but deep down I have the strong sense that this profession is really not for me long term it's not a good fit anyone else feel this way um and then the, and the next comment is saying you know drop your schedule wind it down open your mind um discover things you love how would you comment to this doc because you uh you've got a you got a your, your cup is full with all the things you do and uh, you might have a good take well i would like to find out a little bit more like what's bringing him down so much i know staff can be a challenge i don't know if he's <laughs> working with some rough staff situation especially now because staffing is very difficult mm-hmm. to have and when you don't have this uh, dental assistance or the hygienist that you need it can feel quite lonely or it can be just difficult just managing the office yeah and what oh. and I, honestly I, i've worked in some horrible practices and, and some that would make me want to leave dentistry if i knew i couldn't go to a different environment you know in a lot of these are are we see are just residents and from everything I understand about residency, they can definitely put the grill to you and put your feet under the fire and it's hard. So yeah, uh, it's a lot of, a lot of new folks on here too. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would tell him that he needs to focus on what he enjoys to do and then just go after that. You know, maybe it's not seeing patients share side, maybe it's teaching, 
there's a lot of dental schools that are opening up. So you have, have some opportunity in that way. Go be a sales rep. Everybody yeah. loves their local sales rep. All right, let's talk about Yang Yang, Dr. Yeah. Dr. Walker. Okay. Poor Yang Yang. Yang Yang and his cousin were playing when they found the shotgun. The six-year-old's cousin thought it was a toy and shot him in the face. Yang had a huge hole in his face, which bleeding profusely. Surgeons removed 325 shotgun pellets, each two millimeters wide from his face. Um, this, by the way, this is too late for this. It says not safe for work. So we've already showed it. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into Yang Yang, have you seen any severe traumatic situations in the practice? I have seen severe infection would probably be the big thing when they have abscesses that are coming out their throat and cheeks, Oof. which is, can be a life or death situation. They have to go to the emergency room ASAP. Mm. But as far as gunshot wound, I have not. Oh. I did. Yeah, I, I had a patient who had a gunshot wound, but it was not his mouth. It, they shot his nose completely off. And the dental assistant didn't tell me that when I came in the room that he didn't have a nose. And so I, I, I'm sure my face was like in shock and horror. But isn't that the dental like, assistant's responsibility? This one, just quick heads up, friendly heads up. Just quick, yeah, he does, your patient doesn't have a nose, okay? Like it wasn't in his medical history. It's, this is not my practice now. This was this was that associate. So it's like, oh my gosh. But, but it and wasn't I, like I, the nose hadn't been there in a while. It's like recently, this nose was blown off. Okay. No, the nose hadn't been there in a long for a long time, and the, I guess the dental assistant didn't think to tell me. So I was. So what about Yang Yang? I mean, what's the play there? I would say they need to an, a uh, a oral surgeon who <laughs> who is also a cosmetic surgeon needs to needs to make sure that he works on Yang Yang because he's going to need implants and probably facial reconstruction. Probably a, a dental team with a cosmetic surgeon. Poor guy. Well, uh, guys, uh, looks to me like he didn't make it. No, I I read the comments. Yang Yang made it, and it is known that. Kids of his age are impervious. They're they're stronger than bulls. So I read in the thread, Yang Yang made it. But why? Okay, I'm just wondering why there's a skull there. Then uh, I think that's well, that a looks scan. like an X-ray, right? Does that look like yeah, an X-ray? Oh, I think. Wow! Holy cow! If I've never seen an X-ray like that, that's cool. I think it's a 3D something. Yeah. Wow, that would that would really hurt. 2015. Okay, so this isn't new. Maybe this has been circulating a few times on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Well, thanks for your feedback on Yang Yang and what you <laughs> what you might have done. Yeah. It's a pleasure you. to have you. Well, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Dr. Walker, thank you so much for being on the show today. If you are in need of a great Ninja Warrior dentist... You need to go to lumbertondental.com and go to at ninja dentist underscore Desi on Instagram and follow her. Um, thank you so much. And Dr. Walker is going to be presenting and speaking at this year's AAO meeting in oh, Miami, correct? Uh, Dr. Walker, I almost forgot the most yeah. important part of the show. Yeah. 
Let's do some it. tricks. Yeah, I'm, I want some okay. tricks. I hope you guys can see. Oh, I, oh we're framed up. We're framed okay. up. Okay. Okay. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll start out with a rope climb. Let me tuck my shirt in. From the ground on your butt? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> we're making podcast history. Look at that. How did you do that? <sighs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Look at this on the rings. All right, Jay, your turn, man. Oh my your turn. <laughs> what the? <laughs> you have, oh wow. my God. How many do you have more? And you probably, more she's already worked out today, too. I know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. This is fun. That was awesome. Gotta have some play, <laughs> Doctor Walker. You're amazing. Thank you so much. And to everybody, if you are looking for digital marketing for your practice, please contact Brain Bites Creative at brainbitescreative.com. Digital marketing is your fastest way to more starts. Contact Brain Bites Creative today. Geographic exclusivity, no contracts. Just digital marketing that really works. Visit brainbitescreative.com. If you are a dental clinician and interested in creating more revenue for your practice, look no further than the on-demand orthodontist. ODO provides end-to-end -end aligner treatment guidance and materials so you can profitably deliver smile transformations to most malocclusions in four appointments or less. Visit ondemandorthodontist.com. On behalf of the Get It Straight podcast team, I'm Jason Throden, and we will see you next time.